As we get older, unfortunately, it is easy to discard the idealism of our early years, to withdraw more and more into a safe world, and, after learning to wield power for our advantage, to become manipulators of the people around us. A veritable library is available to assist us in making this manipulative use of power. Books such as Winning Through Intimidation, How to Get the Upper Hand, and Getting Your Way have sold millions of copies in these decades of me-first philosophy, and it is quite possible to begin to regard persons around us as mere objects to use. Robots whose value can be exchanged for money, power, or both. But now comes a thoughtful book by Robert K. Greenleaf, the retired director of management research for American Telephone and Telegraph. Greenleaf's research shows that the ruthless, self-serving manipulator never succeeds in the long run. The title of Greenleaf's book is itself instructive. Servant Leadership, A Journey into the Nature of Legitimate Power and Greatness. Greenleaf argues that to be a lone chief atop a pyramid is abnormal and corrupting. When someone is moved atop a pyramid, that person no longer has colleagues, only subordinates. Greenleaf does not waste much time offering an alternate model to the pyramid. Instead, he addresses the attitude of the leader and makes a strong case that the person in places of authority must assume the attitude of servant. The best business people have always known the importance of that concept. When A.W. Clausen headed the Bank of America, he quipped that he devoted 60% of his time to planning, 60% to people, and all other duties had to take what was left. In our age of high-tech advancement, it is very easy to forget that our failure or success will be determined largely by our ability to work with and assist other people in functioning at their best. When Zoltan Mertzai left Dow Chemical to become president of Occidental Petroleum, he hired a former Dow colleague as personal director and, in announcing the job placement, made a telling comment about his own priorities. Ron goes along with my philosophy that people make business. Technology is a distant second. There is simply no substitute for the rewards of helping other people grow, the pleasures of teaching other people to succeed, and the excitement of organizing a group of colleagues who spark one another's enthusiasm. The idea of such contributory leadership is not entirely new, of course. When Jesus gave his disciples instructions about the style of leadership they would be following, he warned against lording it over others in the manner of their current political bosses. Instead, he said, his disciples would be able to attain greatness by being last, by becoming slave of all. For the Son of Man, he explained, came not to be served, but to serve. Recently, before I was to make some remarks to a medical conference in Monterey, California, I met Dr. Arthur Tayenko, who was born in the Philippines and raised in an average middle-class home. It would have been normal that Arthur would have gone on to an average life himself, except that in the elementary school he attended, there was a redemptorist priest, Father Ian Madigan, an Irishman with a hearty laugh and with light in his eyes, who took an interest in the little boy. I don't know where I'd be if Father Madigan hadn't noticed me and talked to me about my possibilities, says Dr. Tayenko. And so two years ago, Dr. Tayenko made an important pilgrimage. 
By this time, the old priest had retired to his homeland, so the now famous physician and his wife traveled there to call on the bemused and aging man. I simply needed to tell him how much I owe to him, says Dr. Dayanko. You just can't overestimate the influence of a teacher like that. Thank you.